الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, Alhamdulillah, this is the first madrasa because we are not here just merely to pass some time or just for the sake of some very confined motive just for some worldly purpose this particular environment and other institutions of this nature there is a very great objective and that great objective is that how we can become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala that is our primary purpose and objective how we, be, how we can become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala that is why we have chosen to be here. Here meaning in a dini institution. Whether it is this institution, or whether it is any other institution of this nature, that choice is made so that a person can be in a dini environment in order to become the true servant of Allah Ta'ala. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala, acquire taqwa. This is the most important aspect that we have to develop in our lives. And Allah Ta'ala gives us the prescription of how it will come. Wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Be with the truthful. Be with those who are the true uh, possessors of taqwa. Now, we come in an environment of deen that the environment itself has a major impact. Just as here in this ayat we learn that in the company that a person will keep, the correct company, this will bring about that kind of effect. So the company, the environment, this is a very vital aspect. The environment is expected to change the way we go about things expected to change our thinking that how we look at things what is our mindset this is the object of being in this kind of environment that we think also in the way that will please Allah Ta'ala we act according to what Allah Ta'ala will be happy with and we conduct ourselves to learn what is going to be the means of us gaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in this dunya and the everlasting bounties of Jannat. Now, in the process, Shaitan will come and put all kinds of obstacles for which we have to be very alert and we need to keep turning to Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness, begging His help. This holiday came and went. We know what His holiday is all about, how difficult it becomes for many people to keep up with the lessons that were imparted at madrasa to keep up with the conduct that was taught in madrasa many things sometimes later on we will hear 
that is this person studying in so and so madrasa well we weren't able to see what she has learnt in the madrasa some mashallah will get very very positive reports very glowing reports mashallah we can see the effect of whatever is being taught this girl really conducted herself in an excellent manner she was most helpful she was ever ready to do whatever the necessary is at home we didn't need to ask her to come and help she was forever ready and all the kind of positive things many times alhamdulillah this is what is mentioned and at the same time the other side of it is also a problem the other side is also mentioned which is the problem that we don't know whether she learned anything because we got to keep forcing her to even perform her salah to come and help out in the kitchen especially the bigger girls those who have been through the kind of training or have been put through the cause which is meant to give them the training those who are already in that year they are well away and others will be coming up into that level where one day every two weeks is a day or every week is a day that we got to be conducting ourselves in a different program we have to be at home the witness day in order to get trained up in our responsibilities that will come upon us for later in life but things don't start off getting learned when the responsibility comes a person is responsible and accountable for performing their salah when they come of age somebody is 13 years 14 years whatever the case is but the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says teach your children how to perform salah when they are 7 years old and when they are 10 then punish them for not performing salah whereas they are not yet accountable they are not yet obligated to perform the salah but the teaching starts off long before the obligation Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We apologize for that interruption. There was a technical problem to continue with the discussion that we were having. What the issue that we were discussing was that there was one marital problem. A young couple, perhaps married for a few years, so there was some issue and the. girl herself wrote asking for some advice but now in asking for that advice she was giving some background and the background she gave of herself was that she says that i come from a home where everything was done for us we were never made to do anything and never made to take any responsibility and this continued until i got married now this is what she's saying about herself that she lived a very carefree life at home in her own home with her parents she was never given any responsibility and everything was done there were maids doing everything they were not made to do anything maybe just taught how to do things as time went taught how to do some cooking but not responsible for it not as a duty to not take it on and make sure it's done if they came and helped out they did it didn't do it life carried on now she states that now that i'm married 
this responsibility has now come upon me. But having not been made to do things, I am now lazy. She's talking about herself. She's saying she's lazy and she can't seem to take on responsibility now at this stage in life. Having spent so many years without any responsibility and it now suddenly came upon her. So she is now acknowledging, she is accepting that her situation, her laziness and her lack of being able to take on responsibility is a major contributing factor in the problems that are now in the marriage. Now this is something which one person has taken the courage to frankly spell out what is her problem. Very few people will do so in a very straightforward way. She did it and she expressed herself very clearly. But now that's the lesson for us to take. And that is why at the Madrasa there is this program that there is the, the Wednesday that is dedicated for this in certain level and then together with that on the weekends they are expected to be helping their parents without being asked to do things to be ready to do whatever is necessary the holidays was a time to have done this kind of thing daily in fact but unfortunately some don't take it seriously some mashallah do an excellent job and they are really uh, they really help out and become a means of great happiness for the parents and others unfortunately take things very, very casually and they don't make the best of learning these things or taking the opportunity to do it or then implementing it. It's not for the sake of just some duty. This is for the sake of it becoming part of our life. So now whether being asked to do it or not, we are ready for it. So in any case, we digressed quite far off the mark from what we started off. That our, well, not necessarily digressed too far off because it's part of what we are discussing that our coming here to the madrasa has a very great objective it's not something just by the way it's not just something confined to some material benefits that we want no it is something far beyond it is to make our lives in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes happy and that we can fulfill our primary responsibilities and duties duties and responsibilities to deen the rights of Allah Ta'ala we fulfilling and then we can fulfill our rights to people whether it's our parents unfortunately this too is something that keep com- keeps coming up the kind of respect that we are supposed to show to our parents and to our mothers in particular very often this is a very very tragic situation that mothers will be spoken to in a very abrupt way very rude way they are back answered, if they are saying something, nobody is listening, this is a terrible situation. It leaves a very bad impression of what is a person learning. But that's not the issue, that what impression we leave, we are going to have to face the consequences of our own action. There are many people, many people, unfortunately, who have tasted the bitter consequences of the disobedience to their parents. Many unfortunately have tasted the bitter consequences of this. And we have discussed this many occasions previously, that sometimes parents too may err. They are not angels. It's not that they cannot err. And sometimes they may overstep the mark. 
But that does not give us license to be disobedient. If they've done something wrong, that is their matter between them and Allah Ta'ala. But as children, we have to make sure that we observe the highest level of respect for our parents. And if there is some difficulty, then we discuss it with somebody, make mashura how to go about rectifying the problem, how to sort out, or how do we conduct ourselves if some parent is overstepping the mark, that we discuss with our teachers, somebody who we have confidence in, and we try and take some advice, positive advice, and move forward. But our behavior, our conduct, our respect, we cannot compromise on. We need to make sure that we are conducting ourselves correctly. There are so many ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In fact, ayat of the Quran Sharif that highlight this, which we have discussed on many occasions, which you are taught in the madrasa, which you are sometimes made to even answer questions on in the exams. But that is not going to make us pass the real test. The real test is out in the practical world. That when the time comes to be actually conducting ourselves correctly and this is where the real test comes to learn something is easy to memorize some facts very easy to write an exam on it also easy but to practice on it that's a real test and often this test will come out of the blue this test will come suddenly somebody has suddenly said something parent has instructed us to do something has asked us to do something and we are not very comfortable with that, not very happy with it, not something impermissible obviously, something haram we cannot then do, but something that is within the limits of deen, the parent asked us to do it, but we for whatever reason, either laziness or whatever the reason may be, we are not too happy about it. How do we then respond? What are the words we use? What is the manner that we then reply? Is it an abrupt way? Is it some rude and abrupt answer? Is it some kind of showing of irritation and frustration? Then we have failed in the test of what we have learned. We have learned certain things to practice upon it. Now we are conducting ourselves in a way that is totally against that. We are all familiar with this great personality, or we have heard about something about him or the other, he was, in the time of Rasulullah in Yemen, he had already accepted Islam there, but he had, had not yet gained the opportunity to come and visit Rasulullah and have the great rank of a Sahabi. Now he's far away in Yemen, and now others are coming, but he cannot come. Why he cannot come? Because his mother was very old and ill and he had to make the khidmat of his mother. And there was nobody else to assist with that task. This was his responsibility now. So because there was nobody else available, it was his sole responsibility. So he dedicated himself to this. And Nabi Wasallam said to Hazrat Umar that when you meet Uwais, then ask him to make dua for you. Now, he Uwais Karni is not a Sahabi. He is a Tabi'i. He was already a Muslim in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
but he did not get the opportunity to see Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be in his company. He didn't get that opportunity. So therefore he did not have the great honor of being a Sahabi. But why he didn't manage to do this? Because of the khidmat of his parents. Now look at this, is the balance that Islam teaches us. What a great thing to become a Sahabi. And Yemen wasn't on the other end of the world. It was far away, but not on another end of the world that you had to travel for one, two years before you can reach Madinah Sharif. And people were regularly coming. But this was now the demand of deen. That since your mother is aged, she's ill, she's very old, she needs your khidmat. And there is nobody else to assist with this. So therefore this is your priority. So now you remain here. So he balanced things out correctly and he could not go. So he didn't go. Now how much must that have been in his heart? Like a person wants to go for Umrah now. Now that what's a subhanallah, what a desire that is sometimes. I want to go for Umrah. Somebody wants to go for Hajj, Nafil Hajj. Farz Hajj obviously is a different thing. If Nafil Hajj now the person wants to go, the person wants to go for some other dini activity. But now sometimes there are priorities, dini priorities, which demand that don't do that now. Now you see to your parent. Now you make this khidmat, because there is nobody else to do this. And you are solely responsible. But many people, unfortunately, the old parents, they leave the parents to just carry on on their own. And they are making, mashallah, gone for Umrah, gone for this and that. And Umrah is still one thing, they gone for holidays. The parent is suffering. There is nobody else to make the khidmat. And they need the khidmat. They can't do the things for themselves. So what deen is this? This doesn't serve anything. It's not going to earn us reward. So the Uwais Qadni Rahimahullah, he understood the priorities. But what was the end result of this? That Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying to a Sahabi like Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala that you should take the du'as of Uwais because his du'as are accepted. And eventually when and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave the full description of Uwais Qadni, this is a long incident, but in any case he came Eventually he came after Nabi Salaam's time, he managed to come. Perhaps by that time his mother had passed away. So he came in the time of Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Umar took his du'as and then even said to him that I will write a letter for you. You're going to Basra. I'll write a letter for you to the governor that he should take care of you. He said, no, I want to be just hidden. I don't want to have any high profile. I want to be just hidden among people. When other people came, Hazrat Umarullah asked them, that is such a person among you, these are his descriptions, say when you go back, make sure you take his du'as. They, decide, they realized that this is a person of great caliber. So, can we see what he's achieved? He's achieved the pleasure of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying to Hazrat Umar Alaihi Wasallam, you must take his du'as. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is happy with somebody, then this is Allah Ta'ala's happiness also. Nabi Islam is happy with somebody, Allah Ta'ala is happy with that person. But where this came from? From understanding what are the priorities and conducting oneself correctly and clearly. Now his mother's khidmat, he understood. Now we also come to Madrasa, we come and learn, mashallah, many things, alhamdulillah, this is a great thing. But what we have come to learn primarily is that how we conduct ourselves as good Muslims. It's time for salah, 
then we are performing our salah correctly. We are not now wasting time in something else. It is the aspect of akhlaq and good character, then we are doing that as well. We are not now conducting ourselves in an inappropriate way, being rude, being disobedient. If it comes to staying away from sin, then we are doing that as well. We are not getting involved in any haram, in illicit chatting, in all kinds of things on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else, all these fitna media, they call them social media. If a person is truly using it correctly, then that's excused. But by and large, generally, these are things that have become fitna media. Like how you get FM radio, this is fitna media. There's also a different kind of FM. Fitna media. So this fitna media, it traps a person into terrible things. But at that time, a person cannot fathom what is going on. Shaitan puts such a blindfold on the eye and on the heart that the person thinks, this is the all and be all of my life. I need to just get into this. This will give me all the happiness. What? That haram. Can haram ever give anybody any happiness? This is the way that I will get whatever happiness I want. And these are things we have discussed on many occasions previously and we will keep discussing. Because this is the fitna of the time. So, people get caught up in all this kind of haram chatting. And then there are people out there who are making them fools. And promising them a lot of things. And making them feel very special so called. They make them feel very special. At the same time they are making others feel very special also. So we understand from this how special you are. That you feel you are on top of the world. And meanwhile is giving that same kind of deception to others as well. And then somewhere down the line it becomes known. That this person is talking to half a dozen girls. And making all of them fools. And all of them thought they were very special. Now they realized that this special was totally unspecial. It was just a mockery and just making fools of people. But this is what's the effect of haram. That haram now, it destroys a person's life. Every now and again we get an email coming from a person saying, I'm totally devastated. you devastated about what? Now this person gave me all these promises and so on and now he ditched me. Now he because he was up to nothing. He was just having his stupid fun and using somebody for his stupid fun. Now somebody wrote a few days ago asking for advice how to overcome the situation. What situation? Well, this person had promised to marry me and then we finally even got engaged. Now I realize that this person is not for me. And all his bad habits and everything has become apparent. But now in the time when everything was so called rosy, I sent so many, now she herself is talking, she's saying I sent disgusting pictures of myself. And now he's blackmailing me with this. And he's sending it around. Now because everything has broken now, so now he's got all this saved, so now he's floating this around, and he's sending it to her parents also. And can you imagine the embarrassment, the shame, but where does this all stem from? That we thought that life now, why must we get left out? Everybody is getting into all these things. So why we must get left out? Everybody else is seeming to be enjoying themselves. But we can only see the deception from outside.
what the reality is, as they say, qabar ka hal murda jane. What is going on in the grave? Only the person buried inside knows. From outside, there's a lot of flowers on it, and whatever else, though to put flowers on the grave is not correct, but people do this. So now outwardly, it's looking very, very nice. But what's happening inside, whether it's also nice inside, that that person knows. Or there's azab inside, he knows. So likewise, this deception from outside seems like people are having a grand time. They seem to be enjoying themselves. But there's misery only. It's like that little while a person feels an itch, so the person is scratching that saw. So for that moment it feels comfortable. But that saw is getting worse, it's getting deeper. And then every time the person keeps feeling that pain of it, the person keeps feeling that irritation. And this gets worse. And in fact, in times then it becomes a big problem. People have had to amputate some limb because of having scratched something too badly. But that was what was giving them that enjoyment at that time. But where it led to? So these are all things that we have come to learn how to keep ourselves clear from it. For a while, shaitan will deceive us. Don't worry, you're too smart. Who can find the phone you got? Your parents also won't know you where you kept it and how you keep it so secretly and your teachers and your maldimas, where will they ever come to know about it? And you are too smart. But who's smarter than you? Is shaitan who's teaching you how to become so-called smart. That smart is in inverted commas. Shaitan is teaching you how to be stupid. How to become a fool. But the way he presents it, you feel very smart about it. How smart I am. Nobody can find what I have hidden. But for how long? And then when it all breaks out, then it becomes a major problem, major embarrassment, major shame. It breaks the trust between our, the children and parents. It breaks the trust between our elders and ourselves, our teachers and ourselves. Then now we are looked at with suspicion. Because now we've broken the trust. And when a person stays clean, the person stays away from any kind of wrong. So number one, there will be some little bit of suppressing the nafs. But the person feels very, very free from within. Feels very, there's no, no pressure. There isn't that fear. There isn't that anxiety. One is not looking behind over one's shoulder. One is not all the time at edge. I hope nobody finds out. I hope nobody comes to know. I hope that what I have hidden is safe. I hope nobody uh, has seen me doing this or doing that or going there. Now all these things keep becoming a knife in one's heart. And one just keeps hurtling from one situation to the other. It's Shaitan will take one on the, like the wave on the top and then drop one. Then another, another fear, another problem and then another anxiety. And then again it seems like no, everything is fine. And then one after the other, then somebody is finding out something. Now all going through all this uh, kind of situation, this is the end result of having listened to and obeyed nafs and shaitan. So now this is what we have come to madrasa to learn. That how we are going to keep ourselves clear from all kinds of haram, inshallah, with the help of Allah Ta'ala. How we are going to be totally committed to fulfilling the obligations of deen, becoming the true servants of Allah Ta'ala, how to fulfill our responsibilities in day-to-day life, how to learn and commit ourselves to learning, how to go about our day-to-day lives in a responsible manner, 
fulfilling the duties that we should be taking care of, being helpful, fulfilling our role at home, all these things. So this is what we have come to learn. And therefore we should make this intention very clearly from now, that we will commit ourselves. We are not going to take things just by the way. There will be those who will still take things casually. But later they will regret. And there will be those who will take the sacrifice, undertake the sacrifice now. They will be very enthusiastic to follow. If they are not very enthusiastic to, they, they commit themselves. That even if I am not happy to do certain things, but I am being instructed by my seniors, by my parents, there is good for me in this. Obviously something that is clear cut, impermissible, it's impermissible. We cannot do that. But other than that, something on the permissible limit, you might not be happy also, but there's good for me in it. So therefore, let me now apply myself correctly. We will see inshallah in a short time how this will become such a great asset for us. But there are many who have conducted themselves in this way. They've lived their life correctly in their youth, in the younger days. And now they went on in life, they are married, alhamdulillah, they are very happy in terms of being able to fulfill their responsibility. In terms of, nobody can point fingers at them. In that regard, nobody can now make any issue about it. If there is something else that's becoming a problem, that's something else. But they are not a problem in this sense. And nobody can make it their problem. So this is what we have come to learn. How become the true slaves and obedient slaves of Allah Ta'ala and at the same time how to fulfill our responsibilities in terms of our day-to-day life. This will make our life pleasant and happy and will become a means of happiness for others as well. May Allah wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of applying ourselves correctly, of making the effort to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. May we make shukr to Allah Ta'ala Tremendous shukr that Allah Ta'ala saved us from the environments of the public schools, of whatever else is going on out there, or where the secular education is the be all and end all, and deen is just a by the way thing. Allah Ta'ala has enabled us to be in an institution where, alhamdulillah, the focus is deen and how we can become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. And side by side, the skills that we need to acquire for our day-to-day life, that is also taught to us. So in this way, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has made it very easy for us. Let us appreciate this. Let us not go against what the dictates of the being in such an institution are. We apply ourselves, we follow whatever the direction is, whatever the advices are, in madrasa, at home, and we conduct ourselves correctly. Inshallah, we'll see what a wonderful outcome there will be. Allah Ta'ala will be happy with us and inshallah we'll have peace in dunya as well. May Allah Ta'ala bless one and all. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayt ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين 
غیر خزایا ولا نداما ولا مفتونین اللهم انا نسألك من خیر ما سألك منه نبیوك و حبیبك سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبیوك و حبیبك سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة الا بالله العلی العظیم وصلی اللہ تعالی على خیر خلقه سیدنا محمد وآلہ وصحابه المعین والحمد للہ